Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio, where we're on a mission to help millennials get intentional in life, business, and career with practical advice and real stories of living with intention, the good, the bad, and lots of the ugly. I'm your host, Jess, and my goal is to flip your perspective on what's possible with the help of the amazing intention getters I get to have as guests. Join my community on Instagram, at Jessica Thiefels, so we can keep these conversations going while supporting one another to stay intentional every day. And finally, if you love this podcast, please subscribe, share, and review. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest, Amanda Richards, who's an intuitive life coach and self-love queen. I was actually lucky enough to be on her podcast, um, Rich Imperfections, back, gosh, when was that, Amanda? I know I was in Croatia. Oh my God. I think it was like over the summer. I think it was like August or September. Yeah. Forever ago, it feels like. And we had just connected a little bit before that too. So welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So, oh my gosh, what a transformation that's been. But so basically I did body image coaching for like two years and I just kept feeling for a while. I felt like this tug at my heart, like this is not exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Like I just felt like there was something deeper because I just kept recognizing this pattern with women that they come to me for food. Obviously, like if you have body image issues, you most likely have food issues or exercise issues because you're trying to manipulate your body. So they'd come to me with, you know, I want to be healthy with food or I want a better relationship with exercise and food and my body. And then it was like, once we started taking the deep dive, it's like, oh, actually, like you didn't feel the love from your dad that you needed. And so now you're like internalizing all that and you think it's your body. And it's just like, it was so much deeper than the body image. And so I just finally over the summer was like, I am going to change from body image to more like I really work with a subconscious belief system. Like, I feel like that's really my thing. I love that. It fascinates me. It fascinates me how the subconscious mind literally controls all of our reality, all of our behavior. And so I really want to work with the subconscious beliefs specifically that make women feel unworthy and like it's not safe to be who they are and it's not safe to express themselves because when you have those constant beliefs holding you back, it just limits you so much. It really does. It holds you back from so much of your own potential. So yeah, so I I help you identify those, like your specific belief. And then I help you with EFT to kind of reprogram that subconscious, the subconscious beliefs so that you can really step into your power. Amazing. I love that. And I am such a huge proponent of digging into that. That's how I started getting into sort of mindset and subconscious beliefs and how that's dictating our lives because I struggled with body image issues for many years. I mean, it's definitely still something that I work to heal on a daily basis. And I just realized that it really was stealing so much energy. Like I had a moment in Croatia uh, and that was like the peak of our eight month trip in uh, 2019. And I was just not caring about my body. And I realized there was so, it was like I became a channel for creativity and energy. And I was getting so many ideas. And that was the moment I realized like, 
shit, this body image crap is really taking up a lot of energy that I could be using toward my business, toward creative endeavors. So do you notice that a lot with your clients that when they start tackling this, they sort of start becoming more open to moving toward what they want? Yes. Oh my gosh. One of my past clients, she, after like, it was only a couple weeks. It was like three weeks because I really am the type of person and like not every coach agrees with this type of coaching, but I really just like, I can see your pattern and I'll just dive right in with you. And so like, I just want to get to the core right away. I don't want to like lollygag about it, you know? So it was like three weeks, four weeks in. And she's like, I don't know what to think about anymore. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) I feel like I'm in a fog because so much has cleared because all my energy, like you said, was like going towards what am I going to eat today? What am I going to meal plan? How, when am I going to fit in my exercise? You know? And um, now fast forward, I think she started doing this after six months of us, we worked together for only a month and then she did my program as well. But after like six months from the first time we worked together, she was starting to teach financial classes because she realized her self-worth was like, uh, what's the word? Trickling into her um, financial issues and constantly getting herself in debt and stuff like that. And now she took a training course and she's teaching in-person financial classes. And she's like, using the work we did together on self-worth to help these women who are in financial issues. And it's just amazing what she's doing in the world now that she doesn't have all that holding her back anymore. Excuse me, anymore. That's amazing. I love hearing stories like that. That's what I love being connected in this community on Instagram and otherwise is just hearing stories of how people, when they start working on themselves, how much they can elevate their lives and finally really start moving in a direction that's powerful and meaningful. So That's incredible. I love that story. I like that word, elevate. (laughs) Elevate. Yes. I feel like I try to use that a lot because I really dislike the idea of like becoming your best self or, you know, because I think that all of ourselves are amazing and and they're helping us reach somewhere that maybe we don't even know yet. But I love, yeah, I love the idea of elevating ourselves. So stepping up a level, taking up more space, you know, whatever that may be. You're um, so right because like by saying you're going to step into your best self it's almost like you're you're somewhat shaming the self you are now like that's not good enough you know Exactly 100% I could not possibly agree more and we're in such a fixer culture where it's like everything needs to be fixed nothing is right um and that's something yeah. I think I mean to tap back into self-worth I mean let's talk about how this type of culture really drives us to struggle with our self-worth. What have you noticed? I mean, it's just everything. Since you were a kid, you're being, which I do believe competition can be healthy. Like it's a good thing because without Mm -hmm. that, I mean, we would never try, you know? So I think it's a good thing, but just like we grow up, it's like, oh, if you got honor roll, you get to go to the special ice cream party. And if you, you know, what else? I don't know. Does he know how, how yes, it is? Just I like totally growing up. <laughs> <laughs> There's, it's constantly like, if you got the best grades, you're being rewarded. If you ran the fastest in PE, you got rewarded. You know, like the presidential fitness test we all had to do. And it's just like, since you're a kid, you're constantly compa- being compared with other kids and seeing how do you measure up. So I feel like we just learn that, like, because not everyone's going to win all the time. So like, sometimes we lose or sometimes we don't win, whatever however you want to say it. And we just learn that we're not worthy. We don't measure up. And then there's so many, we pick up these subconscious beliefs along the way. So you have like one experience 
as a kid, like your 13 year old boyfriend breaks up with you and has a new girlfriend the next day. And you're just like, wow, I'm really not worthy. After all of the, you know, 13 years leading up to that of you didn't measure up in this way or that way. And then that happens. And then the next event happens and you're like, see, I'm not good enough. I'm still don't measure up here. And it just trickles out into all of our life. So I think like just the way we're raised in general mm. contributes to that a lot. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Answer okay. absolutely. And yeah, that worthiness, because then I think in my book, I talk about how like you, someone is aspiring to do, let's say, be an artist, but you've always been given negative feedback about the fact that you're not great or someone else is better. And so you don't feel like you're worthy enough to pursue that passion. And that's, I think, the greatest struggle is you don't feel you're worthy to do what you've been put on this planet to do because you've been given so many false self-beliefs that have become a part of your belief system, which is why I love coaching in the work that you do because it's so powerful to have someone else basically help you sort of like untangle all of that, you know, and sort of step into that next yeah. level of yourself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I noticed with like coaching, I feel like people become coaches a lot of time because of their own healing journey. Mm. So I think it's, it's just beautiful to be able to like pass on the wisdom that you've learned from your own journey of healing and everything and be able to help others. Could not agree more. That's exactly how I feel. What I really want to talk about, because I'm so curious about this side of what you do is the self-conscious mind. Tell me what that means. How do you tap into that with your clients and how can we do that ourselves? How do we tap into it? That's a really good question. So one, it sounds so easy, but when you put pen to paper, there's like no filtering. Like that's why journaling is such a powerful tool. If you can actually get yourself to like sit down and do it because that's like direct access to your subconscious mind. Mm. So unless you're like in a hypnotic state and someone's asking you questions, it's kind of hard to get to your own beliefs without like, someone there guiding you through it or you actually being, like I said, in a hypnotic state where you can just freely let your subconscious mind talk. But crap, what was I saying? Now I forgot. (laughs) You're talking about tapping into subconscious mind, journaling, that sort of thing. Oh, the journaling. That's where I was. Yeah. So when you journal now at first, everyone, anyone who's ever journaled, like at first you kind of feel weird, especially when you're new to it. And you're just kind of like, you are filtering, like you're not used to expressing your own feelings. But once you kind of get going and you're just kind of like freestyle, right? Whatever. After a little bit, like you're going to have direct access to what is lying underneath the surface. And it's pretty amazing what can come out. So that's like one really good tool you can use that anyone can do at any time, you know? But really, I feel like questions. So like if I'm coaching someone to try to figure out what's going on, it's like, okay, this is the manifestation, the behavior or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, well, what what does that mean if you're doing this, it's like, well, it means this about me. So like, for example, let me use myself. I get really down on myself if I'm not like productive all day long. So it's like, okay, the behavior is, what would be the behavior? I guess the behavior is I'm not being productive because I'm like self-sabotaging, right? But then I feel guilty because I'm not being productive, but I'm self-sabotaging because I want to get away from all the pressure. So then it's like, okay, well, what does that mean about me if I'm not being productive? Well, it means, okay, 
I'm not worthy of being appreciated or I won't earn maybe my husband's love because he'll be mad if I'm not, you know, cleaning the house and keeping up. And so you go deeper and deeper and you keep asking why and what does this mean? And you go deeper and deeper. And finally, you'll get to the belief of it's like, I'm not worthy enough just as I am. I have to be performing, you know? So it really helps to ask questions and just keep saying why and why and dig under each layer. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I completely agree. Honestly, that's a thing, like sort of a technique I've always, that's sort of been used in therapy with me because I'm a firm believer in therapy. And so I actually do the same exact thing. Why? I feel this way. Well, why do you feel this way? Why? And it's like, it's like sort of worst case scenarioing yourself, right? Because that's essentially what's happening. Your subconscious mind is going to the worst case scenario. I'm unworthy. I'm never going to make any money. No one's ever going to care about me. But, you know, on the surface, you're not seeing that at all. So you have to, you know, use those whys to get a layer deeper every time. I love that. And it, and it, it does help to have someone else to talk to though, because not that you can't do this work alone, but it helps because like they pick up on things that like maybe your ego won't even let you see. Mm. So it really helps to have someone who can be like, well, why does that bother you? You know, cause you might not even think to ask yourself that question. Right. Right. I love that. I love the topic of ego because I feel like it's something yeah. we see it in our culture as like you're egotistical and I love what it means in spirituality. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about like, how do we see what our ego is, you know, trying to say to us and how do we sort of rethink what's being said or or can we, I guess? So I guess off the top of my head, I would say with ego, a lot of times it's around subjects that we get like defensive about. Mm. So if you're getting defensive about something, most likely there's some kind of subconscious belief under there of unworthiness or instability or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's really good guidance for you there. And then what was the second part of the question? Just how do we see, like you said, what our ego is trying to say to us? And then maybe how do we, I guess, rewire to change what's happening? Maybe we can't change it, but simply be aware of it and, you know, let that dictate our actions and behaviors, would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can rewire your brain. You can do all that stuff. That, and that's why I really love the EFT because that really helps you to like, it, like think about it like pressing record on a tape player. Like That's what you're doing when you're doing EFT. But you know, honestly, that's a challenging question. I'm not really sure how to answer that in regards to ego. I just know... Sometimes when, let's say, I can only give you an example of like if I'm like if you're working with someone. So like if I'm working with someone or I'm working with my coach and we're starting to talk about something, I might start to feel like tight in my chest. Mm. Like your body gives you cues when your ego is feeling threatened. Does that make sense? I love that. Yes, totally makes sense. Yeah. Like your body, your inside, like your gut, your, your chest, like something in like your sacral chest stomach area like that usually gives me some type of response when my ego is starting to feel closed in or threatened or I'm starting to go somewhere that like might be a little raw still for me so I guess that would be my answer to that 
And then you can use EFT to like reprogram the subconscious and kind of, you can talk through, you're kind of like talking with your ego, you know, like through the EFT because you're like, even though I don't feel worthy, you know, I choose to fully love and accept myself. And you're just like telling your ego, like, yeah, there were times when I was really hurt and that really sucked. And there were times when people let me down and then you're like, but I'm still worthy and I'm still loved. And you know what I'm talking about because you've used mm-hmm. EFT. But I feel like you're having a conversation with your ego, with your subconscious mind during all of that. So I don't know. I guess that would be my answer to that. Yeah. I love, love, love what you said that EFT is like a conversation with your ego. I'm a huge fan of EFT. Yes, which you know. Explain to us what it, what it stands for, what it means, how it works. Because I feel like probably a lot of people have never heard of EFT before. Yeah, it's, which I'm surprised because it's like such an easy thing that you can right. do. It's so, so easy. Yeah, like so powerful for how easy it is, you know? Yeah. Um, so EFT is called emu- emotional freedom technique or other, some people just say tapping or EFT tapping. So basically what it is, is if you think of acupuncture where there's the different meridians on your body, you're going to go through and you tap through these specific um, nine, I believe nine spots. And they're mostly on your face and then your chest and the top under your arm, top of your head. And you tap through all of those. Now what that does, because the theory here from the founder of the EFT, he says that when we're having physical pain or emotional pain, there's an interruption in the body's like electrical signals of the body. And so by tapping through them, you'll actually restore um, what we call in the medical field, like homeostasis, which Hmm. is just like, like you, you, I don't want to say deregulate you, like you re-regulate yourself. I don't know the word there. (laughs) You restore yourself. And so the theory is that it restores you energetically to balance, basically. So that's why your physical pain will go away or the anxiety will go away. But also it calms the amygdala. And the amygdala is like this little part in your brain that is like the emergency alarm. So when you're anxious or you're feeling like afraid, that's like shaking and sending all these signals like danger, 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 shut down, shut down, you know? And so you can use that to, uh, like a lot of people use this technique for PTSD and triggers and high anxiety things because it can help them calm the amygdala while you're tapping and talking about the thing that triggers you. Because sometimes it's hard to talk about a trigger because you get so worked up, you know? Yeah. So absolutely, you can, that's what it's most commonly used for is, is you, you tapping through the meridians and then there's a specific way you have to do it so you start with your setup phrase and i always encourage people to use like the deepest fear right like because you really want to get to the root of what's going on especially with beliefs and anxieties and stuff so so you want to always start with that so you start and you tap on your hand it's called the karate chop point and you say Okay, so let's just do the safe to be me because I feel like that's my biggest thing. Like, even though it's never felt safe to be me, I truly, I truly um, love and accept myself. And you just kind of say that two times and then you start tapping through your points. And you want to start with like the negative, right? Like, you want to start with the thing that you're trying to change. So, the negative feeling or the pain or the belief, right? So, I've always been told it wasn't safe to be me. And then you go to the next spot and it's like, people have made me feel like when I express myself, I'm stupid or, and then the next spot, like 
you know, I've gone through so many experiences where I've learned it's not safe for me to express who I am. And you just keep tapping through that. And then after you do a couple of rounds, you would switch to like the belief you're trying to reprogram with or the feeling you want. So like, I want to feel empowered and safe to be me. So then you would switch to more like, but now I know it is safe to be who I am. Now I know that those people's opinions never mattered. So um, I feel like this is kind of a long explanation, but that's kind of in a nutshell what it is. So you can use it for like triggers, anxieties, fears, emotional um, issues you're having, but then you can also use it for, like I said, pressing record on the subconscious mind and kind of putting in a new belief system. So it's it's a really beautiful tool that has a wide range of uses. Absolutely. I've done EFT many times. I love do you like Brad Yates? He's a he's big on YouTube. Have you used his EFT, his tapping videos at you all? You know, I've heard of him, but I've never watched his videos. Yeah, I'll um I can drop his YouTube channel in the show notes. He is uh, he's awesome. I really like, and he does it exactly like you do, where you start with your, you know, your deepest fear and work through that and then add in sort of like a new, more positive or different layer. Mm-hmm. But so you can access it on YouTube. Do you have EFT videos? Because I feel like people are probably listening to this thinking, how the hell do I do that myself? <laughs> so good. I know, right? They're <laughs> um, great videos. And you have some videos, right? I I am working on a YouTube channel. I just created it and I plan on putting out my first EFT video. Um, Actually, I was planning on doing it Friday to tap through like the anxiety of the unknown of what's going on. I don't know when this will release, but right now we're in the midst of all the coronavirus stuff. But I do have a tapping, a guided audio one that's all ready to go. And it's on specifically the belief it's not safe to be me. Um, And that's a freebie that I have. So you could, I guess, put that in your show notes if people want that. And I would just start with that. But yeah, I definitely plan on having more stuff coming out soon. (laughs) Awesome. Who do you, uh, for listeners that are wondering, I suggested Brad Yates. Are there any people that you really love their EFT videos or programs that you would recommend checking out? I really learned so much from, I think her name was Kim Duramo. I can't even remember how to spell her last name, but she's, <laughs> um, she's a doctor and she kind of changed to more like mind body medicine. Mm-hmm. And she is where I, she's who I lo- learned uh, a lot of the EFT from. But to be honest, like I don't really, I kind of just tap by myself and I always have mm-hmm. ever since I learned about it. I've never really tapped along with videos too many times. I just kind of, would go like if I was feeling anxious at work or having digestive problems, like I'll just go in the bathroom and I'll do some tapping and it helps it pretty much every time. So I just kind of learned to do it myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I feel like once you've done it a couple of times and you know the meridian points and like the general flow of what you're supposed to say, I feel like you can absolutely, mm-hmm. and you teach people how to do it. So I feel like <laughs> you're pretty dang good at that as it is. One yeah. Thing- I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say like it is good to tap with another person because sometimes they'll push you to say things that you're not comfortable with saying, but it's good, you know? So, I mean, it's not a bad thing to tap with videos. I just don't have much experience with it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And to even know where to start, I feel like for a lot of people is just so challenging. So 
everyone listening, there are some great videos. We'll share them in the show notes. You can jump in with EFT. I did it the whole time we traveled. I did it. I remember doing it in Bali, Vietnam, and it was really powerful. And I was reading just as like a side note to all of this. When I was doing EFT, one of the women, gosh, I of course can't remember her name, who is like one of the pioneers in EFT, she was saying that it's extremely like way more effective than traditional cognitive behavioral therapy. Have you seen that too yeah. as well? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have been able to help people clear beliefs that have held them back like their whole life mm. with, you know, just doing like maybe having them do it every day for a week. And it really, like I said, depends on, are you getting to the fear of it? Are you actually getting to the root of what's going on? Like if you have a headache, obviously there's no root. Like you can tap on, I have a headache and whatever, whatever. Because I've used it for physical pain and stomach pain and that's easy. But if you're like working with the belief system, mm. like you really want to get to the root of it, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and that requires saying some pretty, you know, being willing to put some pretty serious and hard to swallow things out there. I, I remember yes. I did an EFT tapping with a heart coach of mine on um, my... Uh, father who had passed away when I was <clears throat> a freshman in college. And that's been something that I think has been like this deep sadness is what people have said to me like therapists. Um, and I did an EFT tapping with this particular coach and I just like, I wasn't vibing and she could feel that I wasn't vibing. And she was like, you know what? Let's drop in. Let's do this. And I literally, we ended up, I think it was like a 20 minute, 20, 25 minutes of tapping. And I sobbed. Through the whole thing, I just sobbed. And that is when I was like, this is powerful. Like, this is really mm -hmm. powerful stuff. And I didn't necessarily feel a million percent more clear after, but it was just this incredible release that I didn't know I needed. Yeah. That was like so just such a weight on my shoulders that I didn't even realize. So it can be yeah. so powerful. And with that being said, it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to cry. It doesn't have to be emotional. It can be light and you know, welcoming, but it can be extreme. Yeah, for sure. Like I tell people like the next day you might like, you could might cry through this or you might feel really neutral, but then like you might encounter something where normally you'd want to crawl in a hole, but now all of a sudden you just kind of can say how you feel, you know, and it can be like that subtle. And like for me tapping through like the safe to be me one, cause I, I used that a couple of times. It was like all of a sudden I was able to just tell my husband more honestly how I was feeling about certain things. And I wasn't afraid and my and subconscious mind wasn't like saying, no, go in your room and just pout, you know, mm -hmm. like it was, so it was so subtle, but that's really powerful in the end. If you can, if you can communicate with more ease every single day to your partner, you know, so it just depends. The results all depend, but I don't know. It's awesome. It's, it's just such a very beautiful tool. I was actually um, teaching an online retreat last weekend. I believe it was last weekend. And um, the, the style they did it on was like a Zoom call so that attendees could just come on and we could, you know, they could ask questions and stuff. And so I combine another technique, two techniques with EFT. So I have you do this thing before you're even ready. And then I have you tap so that you get yourself into such an elevated state and drop into your heart because it just makes the EFT so much more powerful. And I just had them do that part before we tapped. And one girl, she's like, I need to cry. 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah, girl, like <laughs> telling you dropping into your heart and just like, I think we, we did the breathing. It's like a breathing technique and then heart activation. And then I had her do this, the setup phrase, like, even though it's never felt safe to be me. And then she said, I think I need to cry. And she did. And it's like, so it's just so powerful because you're hitting such a deep, a deep wound, I guess you could call it. It's just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember where we got to this subject, but <laughs> I think it's great. And I, I, I totally agree. The crying, that was a huge breakthrough for me. And I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who just struggle to identify their feelings and struggle to allow themselves to cry. And that's been a huge breakthrough for me. And just letting myself cry or even like with my husband, saying, you know, I'm, I feel like I need to cry. And before I would hide myself, I would be like, Oh, he can't see that I'm crying. I don't even know what I'm crying about. Like, this is so stupid. And now I'll just say like, I just need you to hold me. Like I'm just crying and I just need to be here. I don't know what, why it's happening. And I don't know what you can say to make it better, but letting yourself feel those feelings. When I was working with a heart coach, um, I had the same experience that this girl did with you. I mean, within five minutes, she was like, so how are you feeling today? And it was just like, it was like the second you allow yourself yeah. <laughs> to touch below the surface to sort of get underneath that underlying surface level of I'm fine, I'm good. If, especially if you've been there for as long as you can remember and you start to go down and think about like, what am I actually feeling right now? You feel like so much opens up. You know, I, I can physically see people. I feel like I can look at people and see that they have this wall up and they're really mm -hmm. actively living on the surface, not willing to get down a little bit oh. deeper because it's scary down there. Sometimes it's, you really have to come face to face with some things that, you know, you might be happy to just keep pushing down for as long as you can. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I see that in people. I read people right away pretty much. And it's crazy how I like and have compassion for some of the most difficult people, like especially coworkers of mine, like so many people are like, Oh, she's just a bitch. Like whatever, whatever. And I'm like, no, I think she like really has some deep shit going on. Like I feel like she's been through a lot. And so I'll be nice to that person. And then like they open up about stuff, you know? And, and like, I just had a coworker tell me some crazy shit like two weeks ago that I, that no one knows she's going through and everyone just complains that she's so, negative all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think just to answer, just to kind of reply to what you're saying about seeing that, like you got to look past people's behavior that mm. you really do. You've got to understand behavior is just like a manifestation of like people's inner world, not like who they are as a person for the most part, you know? Yeah, totally. And that's why this type of work, what we're talking about is so important for living intentionally because you are yeah. likely showing up in a completely different space than you want to be showing up as a completely different person than you want to be showing up as. But until you address those sort of what I like to say are the roots until you address the roots of the issue, I mean, you're going to keep showing up that way because you're not allowing yourself to dive in, figure it out. And then most importantly heal. So then you can show up as let's say that elevated person or that next level of who you can be in this world. Yeah. And I just, love to add something to yeah. that because we're talking so much about healing and taking the deep dive and stuff. And it's like, I actually just released a podcast episode about this um, two weeks ago where I'm like, you can't rush healing either. Like this is such a journey and like, yep. 
you're going to get to the route that you can handle right now, you know, Mm, and, you know, and heal from that. And then like maybe in a year or two, you're like, wow, okay, this, this event or this person is poking at that same wound that I thought I healed from. I thought I tapped through all that, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, nope, now it's time to heal a little bit of a deeper layer. And so I guess just wanted to throw that out there because it's important for people to know like this is an ongoing thing and like I've had my worthiness wounds I guess you could call them like pop up in so many different ways and triggered in so many different ways where I thought I healed this aspect of it and it's like oh well there's a whole other side here of insecurities of my worthiness you know and it's like okay we're gonna take the deeper dive here so I don't know I just feel like it's important to know that on this journey, because I'm sure anyone listening to your podcast is on a personal development journey mm-hmm. and is interested in all of this stuff we're talking about. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, my healing journey, and it's like different levels of the journey, right? Like mine began with some pretty standard therapy. Like if you find therapist to talk about some challenges you're having, you're probably finding, you know, a cognitive behavioral therapist or a you know, family therapist. Um, right. And then from there, it was books. And like, for example, the um, Red Book for Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families. That was mind-blowing for me. And that was like another layer. And then coaching was another layer. And so it's, it's for me, I know it'll be a lifelong journey. And I, I almost love that though. I, I love diving in. It's so hard to sit with the shit. You know, it's so hard to sit in your own shit and, yeah. and be aware of it. But... <laughs> I like to say 99% of the time, I'm so happy to be aware and allowing myself to heal. And then it's like the other 1% where I'm like, Ugh, I wish I was so blissfully ignorant. <laughs> I could not be <laughs> dealing with all this, but that's only yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. It's like such a journey. It's like, why do I know so? Like, why am I so aware? God, it's like another thing is triggering me. My God. But (laughs) yeah, I totally, I totally understand. And I think it is beautiful because imagine if like you, I was talking about this with someone else I interviewed with and there, I'm just like, what would we do if we had all our needs met equally all the time and we didn't have any more growth to do? Like, what's the point? What's right. the point of living like without any of that growth? Like I get excited sometimes where I'm like, oh, I just need a good journaling session. This is going to be great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I will say also that in the beginning, like when I started my personal development journey and like I was doing exactly, I was going to therapy, reading the books, you know, doing the, all the classics, you know, I kind of went on this quest to be like we were talking about earlier the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and it was more like i'm not it was driven by i'm not good enough how i am so i need to be better and it was like i was on this rat race to learn all the things so i could just be the strongest and best version of myself because I was kind of coming at it from a perspective of I'm weak how I am now. I'm not strong enough. I'm not mentally resilient enough. You know what I mean? So I was like coming from this really terrible place and I didn't realize it. I just thought, oh, I just, you know, I just want to be better. But I kind of became like a personal development junkie. Yep. And (laughs) easy to do. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you have to kind of be like aware and careful of like your, like you said, 
it's all about being intentional. Like, why am I choosing this book and this podcast mm-hmm. to listen to and all that stuff? And just understanding why you're doing it so that you're not coming from this place of like, four years, I've read all the personal development books and I still feel like shit about myself, you know, because you're not, you're not understanding why you're doing that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's about, for me, it's about, and probably with you as well, it's not about coming from a place of, I need to fix this, but more of a place of curiosity. Like, Hmm. Yes. Why do I always get angry at my husband when he doesn't wash the dishes right you know or something silly oh like gosh. that shows up in your everyday life and it's so like funny there's definitely something that's brewing under there what is that rather yeah. than i'm wrong i shouldn't feel this way i should shut this off you know that openness that sort of explorative way of thinking about it is i definitely feel the right way to approach it or the, the better way to approach it the more constructive yes yeah, absolutely. I do feel like I'm definitely in that place now where it's like, um, I had one of my friend that we used to like run a lot of master classes together and stuff. She said, less judgment, more curiosity. And like that really stuck with me for a long time because I feel like that's how you have to approach yourself. Like be compassionate, be your best friend, like get curious about yourself. Don't judge yourself. You know, yep. that's so funny. Cause I knew, I don't know why I just knew you were going to say the dishes because I feel like <laughs> that's like, that's like my, my number one pet peeve. And I feel like so many women, that's like their pet peeve with their husband. It's like the dishwasher is literally dirty. You just watched me load it. Why wouldn't you put your cup in there or whatever? <laughs> you know, just like, it's always has to do with the dishes. Yeah. Um, but I have been able to like even explore that and been like, why does that make me so mad? And it's like, well, to me, I feel like I'm unappreciated because if you see me working Mm -hmm. hard to do the dishes and then you just come up and leave your dish on the counter and in the sink, that makes me feel like I'm not appreciated, you know? So it's not that you're mad about the glass. It's mad. You're mad about something else, you know? Exactly. And then that comes into the, the whole side of things where it's like, what story am I telling myself right now? Like what a different story that is from your husband probably being like, Oh, I was in the middle of something and I just put it there and I was going to deal with it later versus I don't appreciate you. And they probably don't even know that they're triggering that in you, which is why it's so so important to allow yourself to be curious because you can change the story, change your relationships just by allowing yourself to say, why am I reacting this way? Why am I feeling defensive? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Change your story. Like what story are you telling yourself? That's exactly true. Because most of us aren't even aware of the story we're telling ourselves. It's just like this tape reel in the back of our head and we are not even aware of it. Oh my God. Absolutely. Everything. I mean, I don't know the data on this and I actually forget what it's called, but it's the term that your brain is sort of operating on a daily basis. Everything that you're saying is sort of just happening. It's your way of processing the world by essentially dictating what you're seeing, what you're doing, what you're experiencing in your subconscious mind. So it's so easy for those stories to just slip in there and then we carry them with us. And then, you know, that leads to further issues, continuing to push everything down and yeah, being open to what, what you're telling yourself is, is so key in all of this, you know, from EFT to journaling, allowing yourself to be open and aware to what you're feeling and what's that, what that's saying. And then how is that affecting your life? You know, you're potentially not moving forward on a project or a business or your book because all of this is happening under the surface. 
So being able to use tools, like I love the two tools that you recommended, Amanda, journaling and EFT, to dig down, figure out what's happening, and then level up so you can start doing those awesome freaking things that you are put on this planet to do. You know, stop letting yourself be dragged down by this stuff. Get open, get curious, and yeah, do the work so yeah. you do what you were meant to do. That was a rant. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. It's so true. Everything's so true. It's We have so much potential. Like mm-hmm. every single person does truly believe that in it. Like I see that potential in so many people and like, I feel like that's what excites me the most about this work is I'm like, yeah, let's get to your shit so we can like see who you really are. Like, let's see what you really got to offer, you know, for this world. I have one client who like, she ended up moving to a whole nother country with her boyfriend with like to move to her boyfriend, started a new job. And she's just like loving life because finally her body image wasn't holding her back. And now she's living in a whole new country, experiencing and learning a whole new culture. And she's like loving her life right now. And it's like, when she came to me, she was having so much anxiety about just going on vacation for two weeks because she was um, like afraid about her bathing suit and stuff like that. And it's just so crazy to see where life can take you when you give yourself a chance, you know, when you decide I am worthy and I am, and I have something special to offer this world, you know? Yep. So. Yep. Amazing. I love that. Well, Amanda, this has been so fantastic. I have one more question for you on mindset reset radio. I'm very focused as you can probably tell on living with intention. So that is focusing on what you want, where you want to go and making choices every day to get there. So I want to know what's your intention getter story? What, what intentional choice, decision, life change did you make that allowed you to pursue something you were passionate about or do something that you were scared of? So I don't know if this is exactly what you mean, but basically like after we had our interview, when I was editing it and stuff and going through it, I think I launched it in December. Mm-hmm. I was just re-listening to it. And I was just like, I had forgot about so many things we had talked about and so many great points you had about living with intention and not going with the flow and like stuff like that. And it really, really changed my perspective on things. So ever since then, so the last couple months, I got a planner and I'm like, I'm intentionally scheduling my time, my morning, like I'm, I've never done that before. Like I've never actually sat down and been like, tomorrow, this is what I'm doing. It's more like I would just wake up and be like, ah, where's my to-do list? And just like try to like, you know what I mean? Just throw some things together. But now I'm like being so intentional about like, what are my goals for this week? What, what can I realistically do tomorrow? And that has helped me get through how long has it been? Like three months now. So three months of running the podcast my business, momhood, working part-time as a nurse, also my wedding. We were planning the last two months of the wedding because I just got married like a month ago. And it's, and just like, it's so simple though. Just like using those intentional choices has gotten me. And now my podcast has like exploded. Like we got, we are getting so, it's like snowballed. I don't know, like so many more downloads a month as I was getting um, back in December And so I feel like by making the intentional choice to, I guess, just plan my day, like be intentional about where I'm spending my energy and time 
has helped so much. So I don't know if that's exactly yeah. the answer you mean, but um, yeah. I, I love, love, love that because what I want listeners to know and what I'm always trying to share in my community is getting intentional is not about making some big, huge step or some big, huge change in your life. Like mm-hmm. simply adding the act of planning ahead, planning a day ahead or planning a week ahead, how powerful mm-hmm. that can be for helping you get intentional. I have literally an entire subsection in my book um, to hopefully be published uh, this year um, about creating a to-do list and creating a more effective to-do list because that's huge for me. Waking up in the morning and knowing exactly what I need to get done, exact, just like what you said, I would wake up and be so scattered if I didn't sit down and immediately have a plan. And obviously that might shift throughout the day or based on what emails I oh, have. Oh, yeah. But starting there is is a really powerful place. And that's so simple. It's as simple as sitting down and planning what your next day looks like. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. That's perfect. Yeah, it's and you're welcome. It's it's so simple. And I know that that's why I said I don't know if that's what you mean because like it's not like this crazy thing that I did, but it has made such a huge difference, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, I'll have so. to change the way I ask that question because that's a great point. It doesn't have to be a huge life-changing moment. Um Oh, yeah. So tell our listeners where and how they can connect with you. My favorite, I'm pretty much on everything, but my favorite is Instagram for sure. Um, My brand is Rich Imperfections and that's all just together one word. My website is richimperfection.com. There's no S on the end. Someone (laughs) still has a domain name and they're not even using it. I'm like, I don't know how to get it. I know. (laughs) Um, So richimperfection.com and... um, the freebie that I was talking about, it's richimperfection.com slash safe. Um, so that has all my like, info on coaching and stuff like that. And then Instagram and my podcast, Rich Imperfections Radio. That's also one of my favorite things to do too. Awesome. Well, I will definitely share all that in the show notes so everyone can, can connect with you. Thank you so, so much for coming and joining and sharing. It's, I feel like there's so much value in this. So thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you on the next episode of Mindset Reset Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.